Mark chapter 4, verse 35 is very familiar, <coughs> very, very familiar. I preached on it here three or four times on the exact same message, the exact same uh, scripture. Uh, I preached on uh, seeing something other than the storm out of this text. Uh, I preached on Jesus' eye pillow out of this text, and uh, and I preached on Jesus will float your boat out of this text. So why do you keep coming back? Because God gets the glory in this text. And it said, the same day when the evening which had come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him as he, even as he was in the ship, and there was also in him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat unto the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they waked him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not we perish? And he rose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey? Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, that you just open our hearts and minds, Lord, just for a brief moment. And Lord, we'll just praise you for what you do. Lift us up and encourage us, Father, and we'll give you the glory and honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pass. Amen. There's something about this storm uh, in, and the men that were in this boat. They were not backslidden. Uh, they were not out of the will of God. They're not unfaithful to God. They're walking close to Jesus as a man could walk. And they find themselves in the midst of a storm. Let that move in your heart just for a moment now. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But yet they find themselves in a storm. There will be times you're going to be walking as close to God as you can walk serving God, praising God, reading your Bible, praying and everything, and you're going to find yourself in a storm. You're doing everything you're supposed to do for God. Can I remind you tonight, just because you're in the storm does not mean that Jesus is not in it with you. We learned that this morning. I'm just going to continue on with this morning what we talked about. How on one side you can be on this day, you can be singing and rejoicing. Tomorrow you can be in sorrows, but the day after you can be shouting the praises of God. You can be going as good as you can today, doing what you're supposed to be today, and tomorrow find yourself in a storm. And just because there's a storm doesn't mean that God's judgment is upon you. There are some people who try to tell you that when you're in a storm and everything's going up against you, well, you've got sin in your life. You're not walking with God. You're not doing what God posted. Well, that's not true. We find these guys, they were serving God and walking in the will of God, doing exactly what they're supposed to be, but yet they found themselves in the middle of a storm. They had testimonies of being a child of God. Those kind of people believe that just don't know the Lord. Just because you're in a storm does not mean the judgment of God is upon you. Just because things are 
out of your control doesn't mean Jesus is nowhere around you. Storms come in every one of our lives. Some of you may be right in the midst of a storm right now. But can I remind you, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. <laughs> These guys were not asking, hey, let's go to the other side, Jesus. It was not their idea. This is what Jesus, we, we had looked at the, uh, the great I Am's on uh, uh, Wednesday nights. And the one that knows everything, the one that knows the future before it gets here, the one is already into your tomorrow today. He knew that there was a storm coming. Don't think this caught Jesus off guard. He knew what was coming. There was coming a storm, but yet he said, still said, let's go to the other side. He knew their lives were going to be in jeopardy. He knew that they would be afraid. But yet he still took them into the storm. Can I say that God will not sacrifice his truth on the altar of love? Jesus always spoke the truth. The problem is most people did not want to hear the truth. Something else, Jesus won't sacrifice his glory for your comfort. Let me say that again. I don't think you got it. Jesus is not going to sacrifice his glory for your comfort. Amen. By putting you in an uncomfortable situation means Jesus will get more glory and more honor from that. Lazarus dying, they sent for Jesus that he might heal him. Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God. The Son of God might be glorified there, thereby. Why, why did his family have to go through all the problems? Why did his sisters have to be so upset? Why did they have to go through all that tear shedding, feeling all alone, feeling like Jesus didn't care, thinking that Jesus was not going to come so that Jesus could get the glory? You may be going through a storm tonight through some pain and wondering why so that God has let you go through it so God can get the glory. Amen. Amen. This text is not unfamiliar. God will let your life go through storms sometimes, some intense storms in your life, the Sea of Galilee is one of the most famous bodies of water in the Bible. If you read about it, it is 13 miles long, 7 miles wide. Jesus walked on the sea. Jesus talked the crowd near the shores. Jesus cast out demons on the banks of this sea. This sea was known for the sudden storms that would rise up amongst you know, all of a sudden. But doesn't that sound a lot like life? Storms just rise up all of a sudden without warning. 
It has been said that uh, the fishermen can be in the sea and be calm and then 10 minutes later the storm will rise up and they're fighting for their lives to get back. That's just like life. You may be doing everything right today and thinking you're on smooth sailing but tomorrow the storm hits your ship and it rocks you on the way. And all of a sudden your life is turned upside down. Your boat's rocked, you cry. Lord, what is happening to me? Here they find they're in a storm. So how do you get through it? Now look at look to chapter six. Turn over to chapter six for me. Chapter six. This, this, that storm was the first storm the disciples went through with Jesus. Here, here's another storm in chapter 6. And I, I want to show you something between these two storms that may help you. Uh, verse number 45, And straightway constrained disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before the Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he said, Send them away, he departed into the mountain to pray. And then even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he, he alone on the land. He saw them toiling. Can I stop right there just for a minute? Just because you're going through the storm, and it feels like you're by yourself, you're doing everything you're supposed to do, you're fighting the winds and everything. Jesus saw them. The Bible said he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. In the boat, the fourth watch at night, he was coming unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wonder. For they considered not to be miracles of the loaves, for their heart was hardened, and when they had passed over and came into the land of the Gadarent and, and drew unto the shores, and when they had come out of the ship straightway, they knew him and ran that the whole region round about and began to cry about, carry about the beds who that were sick and they were heard he was. You see something that is interesting here. They just came through a storm in chapter 4, and, and two chapters later, they're, they're right back into another storm. Preaching on this thought. Another one's coming. Another one's coming. You ought to make you, make you happy to know that I, I find, that, find in life, and, and I, I wish I could stand here and tell you that each and every one of us, one storm per life, per lifetime, that's all you're going to have to go through. Uh, that's all you're going to have to face. Uh, and when you get through that one storm, uh, you'll never have to worry about it. I wish I could tell you that, but I'm going to tell you that, that would be a lie, and I cannot tell you. You're going to have storm after storm after storm in your life. As long as you're living, you're going to have to have storms in this world. I wish I could say you're only going to have one in life. But I know that you're going to have more. I've had more storms than I want or care for. 
And I'm amazed if you, we know about storms. I mean, we was in Florida. We had three hurricanes in three weeks. And I mean, storm after storm after storm. I mean, what do you do? No power, no nothing. Can't get around it. And, and you remember those. How many remember the storm in Louisiana? Katrina. What damage it did. We remember that storm. But can I tell you, we've had a lot of storms since then. Do you remember those storms? We remember the biggest storms that we know in our lives. We remember those big storms that come in our life. But let me tell you, you've had many little storms come along the way. But it's that one big one that gets your attention. The storm in Mark 6 may not be as big as the one in Mark 4. Because the one in Mark 4 that said the boat was full of water. Maybe the storm in Mark 6 is not as big as the storm in Mark 4. But it's a storm nevertheless. It's a storm nevertheless. I find that the way it goes in life. You have your big storms, you have your little storms. And they come at regular intervals in life. So what do you do since there's another one coming? What do you do when you know that there's another storm ahead of you? You don't know it's going to be a big storm. You don't know if it's going to be a small storm. But you know there's a storm ahead of you. The Bible says, Job said, a man born of woman is a few days and full of troubles. He said, if a man's born of a woman... And that's all of you here tonight. Amen. I've never heard of a man giving birth, and I never will hear a man giving birth. All the men born of women, a few days and full of troubles. So what do we do? Seeing that we're going to see storms on a regular basis. Seeing that we're going to have to face storms on a regular basis. What do we do in order to help us through the storms? Between storms Mark in Mark 4 to that storm in Mark uh, chapter 6. Uh, what did we do? We need to do exactly what the disciples did. The first thing you need to do from your storm is learn from your storm. Learn from your storm. Don't waste the storm that God has allowed to come into your life. Don't get in a storm or in your valley, whatever you want to call that, uh, whatever you're going through, don't waste it by not seeing the lesson God wants you to learn in that storm. And God will show you right in the middle of that storm the lesson that he's trying to teach you. Some guys just don't learn the lesson in the storms. Some don't get the lesson in the storms. What did they learn in Mark 4? The first thing they learned was, you can't sink if Jesus is in your boat. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, there the boat, the storm said it, the boat was full of water. I don't know about you, but the last time I checked, a boat full of water, it sinks. It's hitting the bottom. It can't stay afloat. I don't care what you do. You can try to throw it out as fast as you can. But a boat full of water, it's going to sink. But Jesus is on this boat. 
And that tells, and they learn right then and there, hey, if Jesus is in my boat, it doesn't matter how much water is in it, it's going to stay afloat. Because why? Because Jesus said, let us go to the other side. It didn't bother Jesus. He knew the storm was coming. He knew what was going to happen. He knew they were going to be fearful. He knew they were going to be afraid. And yet he went and went to sleep. He laid his head on the pillow. I imagine he probably laid his head down and says, I might be able to get a cat nap in this for this thing hits. Them boys are going to be afraid. They're going to try to do it on their own for a little while in that storm. The boat gets to rocking, gets to shaking, the water gets to splashing. They're going to try to do it a little bit on their own. But there's going to come a point, now listen to me, there's going to come a point in that storm that says, hey, I, I can't do it. I, can't, I don't know what to do anymore. Somebody go get Jesus. What have they learned? That you can't sink a boat if Jesus is in that boat. Now, Mark does not record this, but it is the same storm. If you go and check Mark, Matthew chapter 14, it's the same storm. And we find in that storm, Peter got out of the boat. Wow. Peter learned something. He got out of the boat. He's walking on the water. He's walking toward Jesus. So what was this man thinking of him getting out of the boat to walk on the water? A very perfectly good boat. And yet he gets out and starts walking towards Jesus. Now what he was thinking is, what he was thinking was, I knew what he did in that storm. I see what he done for me in that storm. And if he could do that for me in that storm, certainly in this storm, he's got it covered. I, I can trust him in that storm. I certainly can trust him in this storm. If God is good enough to get me through that storm, God is good enough to get me through this storm. Amen. I can trust him to get me through this. You know what storms of life create? They create trust. They give us the opportunity to say, if the Lord has brought me through that, and I didn't think I was going to make it. I thought, I thought I was down. I thought I was going to drown. I thought it was it for me. If God was able to bring me through that, I can trust him no matter what storm I go through. Because you have to realize Mark 4 was a very big storm. So what, what do you do? He said, I can trust him. Learn from the storm that God has placed you in. God has learned, uh, brought you into this storm. God is trying to teach you something. Trust in him. Believe in him. If God is able to bring you from one storm to another storm, God is not going to leave you at the beginning of that storm. I told you this morning, God is always going to be with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. God is not going to leave you in your sorrows. God is not going to leave you in your storm. He's right in the midst with you. Mark chapter 6, he'd come walking by that he might pass them by. I, I, when I get to heaven, that's something i got to ask those disciples. They were afraid. 
Well, of course, you would have been afraid too. Don't send me and say, well, uh, if I seen somebody walking on a storm out there and the wind blowing everything, I'd be afraid too. Yeah, I'm telling you. But I love Jesus' be of good cheer. For it is I. For it is I. So you learn to trust the Lord. Learn the lessons from the Lord. Can I say keep laboring until the next storm? Don't quit working for God. Do you know what they did between chapter 4 and chapter 6 and chapter 5? They went across the way. They saw Jesus heal a man of unclean spirits. We find Jesus uh, heals a woman of the issue of blood. We find uh, Jairus' daughter is healed. We find he sends them out two by two. And they begin to heal the sick and cast out demons. They didn't stop working. They didn't get to the other side of the shore and got through the storm and sit down and say, whoa, I, I'm, I'm done with this. i got to take a break about this. I, they, they went to work. They didn't stop working. After the storm in chapter 4, they got to start doing a whole lot of stuff. That tells me it didn't make them quit working for God. It's so so amazing to me that we find Christians and they seem like they're on fire for a little while, but one little storm, now I'm not talking about a major storm, I'm talking about one little bitty, uh, uh, what do you call them, uh, little bitty storms, uh, I don't know what you call them no more. It's not a storm, but it's a, huh? Tropical depression or tropical storm, something, something that ain't quite met that max of the wind and everything. It's just below that. And, and it's not that big of a deal. I've been through a lot of them. All it does is throw a bunch of water down on you, and that's about it. Don't scare you. Have a good time in the water. You ride down the road on the water plane and all that stuff. But I, I find that Christians, when they go through that little storm, they quit working for God. They give up on God. They turn their back on God. Why? Because they don't know how to deal with the storm. They don't know what to do in a storm. They haven't learned their lesson in a storm. If God is able to bring me through that storm, God is certainly going to be able to bring me through this storm. Do not quit working for God. Storms makes a lot of Christians quit. They don't worship God no more. They don't look to help for people no more. When they go through the storms of life. Mark chapter 4, when they come out on the other side, they're not looking to help somebody, someone else. It's all about themselves. Look at me. It's about me. You've heard people say, you just don't know what I've been through. You, you just don't know what I've had to deal with. You don't know what happened to me. You've been through a storm and you gave up. You quit working for God, worshiping God, reading your Bible. Just because you went through a little storm, you giving up on God. So what should we do from storm to storm? Because we know there's another storm coming. This is not it. There's another storm coming. Just keep on working. Just keep on living for God. Keep on serving the Lord.
That's what they do from the storm to storm. Would you agree with me tonight that the boats back then didn't have motors? It was not an easy thing. And when the storm hits, don't you think that they were knocked off course? Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Don't you think maybe when they were heading in a direction and their direction was set in their mind, this is where we need to go. These were guys that had done this for a living. They knew how to navigate from the stars and they knew how to navigate these things. They knew what they were doing. They knew where they were going. They knew where they were going to land at. And they have it in their mind. Stroke, stroke, rolling on, toiling on. And all of a sudden that storm rises up and it gets to shaking them. It gets to rocking them. And next thing you know, they're not, they're heading this way now. The storm's got them going this way, getting them off course. They're not on course. And they're struggling. They're struggling trying to just maintain. They, they, they can't do it. And all of a sudden the storm just shakes them up and knocks them off course. Let me say this. Sometimes your course is the course that you've set. It's not the course that God has set for you. Now, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. In order for God to get you on the course that he has set for you, and you're on the course you set for yourself, sometimes that storm's got to come and shake you up to get you to the place where God. And let, let, me just, let me just say this. Thank you, Lord. Let me just say this. Just because you've set your course, you've set your pace, but God knocks it off that course, and God's putting you on another course. You know, the reason why some of you here is because God knocked you off course. Amen. Some of you, your course was not here. Amen. But God somehow shook your storm up, got the storm in your life, rocked your boat, got you off course. But can I say this? Please do not miss this because God has knocked you off course for a reason. Amen. Don't say, well, he just knocked me. No, God knocked you off course for a reason because when he got to the other side, there was this maniac that came up to him and he got healed. If they would have went where they was going to go, it'll never happen. So God had to shake them up, bring a storm to get them on God's path, God's direction. Where did we be? You may be here. Listen to me. You may be here. Now, I'm going to tell you. We go through storms in life. God shakes us up. God rattles our cages and everything. And But God has got that course set for us. We may not want to be on that course, but God says you need to be on that course. Mark chapter 6 and verse 54. And, and when they come out of the ship straightway, they knew him. Verse 55, and he ran, though the whole region round about, began to carry about the beds of those that were sick. They heard that he was there to heal them. Both times God puts them right where Jesus needed to be the most. Storm of life is going to knock you off course. It's off your course. But it gets you on God's course. And you'll find out when you land on the other side of that storm, there's somebody there that needs you. There's going to be somebody there that needs you. I'm going to put this storm in their path. 
Not only to create faith in them, but knock us off course that on the other side that we can be a blessing to someone else. God will put in your life in some places to create the faith. And, but he'll put you far enough off course that you get where God wants you to be to help somebody else. And I just have to be honest with you tonight. How much help can I give somebody that's gone through a divorce? I've never been there. How, how much help can I give somebody that's been through a drug-addicted life? I've never been there. How much help can I give a, an alcoholic that bends after day after day? I've never been there. I can't help those people. I can tell for, I can tell them what they need to do. I can pray with them, but I can't help them because I've never experienced what they experience. But brother, let me tell you what, if you want to know what depression is, come and see me. You know what anxiety is? You come and see me. You want to know what PTSD is? You come and see me. You want to see those things what's in my mind? You come and see me. I can help those people. But God is going to place you in a place where you can help somebody because you experienced it. <laughs> You've experienced that. Amen. Don't say, Lord, because I've gone through this and gone through that in my life, I, I, how can I help be a help somebody? God's going to knock you off course and put you on a course that when you land on the other side, there's somebody there that needs what you got. Amen. You may know what a drug, drug alcoholic and all these people have been through. You may know what a divorced person has been through. You, know, but you may know about all these things. We, we know all about the things God's put us through. And we can be a help to somebody else in their time. So don't ever quit working for Jesus. Don't ever give up for God while you're in the storm. Because God's got a plan for you. God's kind of get you somewhere that you can be a blessing to someone else. Amen. Can I say it's not about you in the storm? <laughs> you mean my storm ain't about me? No, it's not about you. It's not. God's trying to get you a place that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Amen. And like I said this morning, I'll say it again. Look for Jesus in the storm. Look for Jesus. There, there's something common in both these storms. And that's, that's Jesus. I'll tell you what you need to do in every storm. Every storm that you come in your life, just take a moment and look for Jesus. Notice in the first storm, Jesus was in the boat with them. The second storm, he's not in the boat, but he comes walking by. So what is the point of this. Now this is the way I think. It might not be right. I can't prove it. You can agree with me and not agree with me. That's okay. I, I'm not going to hurt my feelings much. The first time he was in the boat with them. The second time he comes walking by. <laughs> I look at it this. 
He wants to see what they learn from the first storm. I was in the boat with them. They thought they were going to drown. The water ship was full of water. And no, no ship full of water is going to float, but yet it floats. I want to know if they learned enough in the first storm that I was there with them. Can they trust me when I'm not and they can't see me? They're tolling and rolling. The wind was contrary unto them. Maybe they got to the point where they said, this is not working. We're not going to make it on our own. We better start looking for Jesus. <laughs> we better start looking for him. And they knew Jesus said what he said. He's going to be around somewhere. He's going to be around somewhere. What should I do in my storm? Just keep on showing up at church. Keep on reading your Bible. Keep going on to your prayer closet. Keep praying. Keep looking for Jesus. He's in that storm. And you realize this, every storm that you go through, you need Jesus. The storms will rage, the winds will blow. Jesus said, be not afraid. Because the storms of life are under control. They're in his control. Yeah. Can I say these storms are on the opposite end of the Galilean Sea? That tells me Jesus is everywhere they go. Yeah. I don't care where you're at in your journey. I don't care where you're at in a storm or whatever sorrow you may be into. But I can tell you this. Jesus is passing by. He's not going to leave you in your storm by yourself. He's not going to let you struggle by yourself. He's going to be there with you. That's what he said. We can learn from the storms of life that we don't have to give up and die in the storm. We learned this morning we don't have to die in the midst of sorrow. We can keep on going. And I like to get to the other side when they were rowing and getting to the other side. They were a blessing to someone else. They got out and start telling people about Jesus. Maybe that's what we need to start doing, telling people about Jesus and what he's done for me and what he's done for you. Amen. God has been too good to us. Right there it is. Amen. As Don would say, whoop. <laughs> oh, that's good. Anybody got anything?